Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco, and today I have a very special guest. I am lucky enough to be joined by a four-time PCW Tag Team Champion, Leo London. Leo, how's it going? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, um, it's my pleasure. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked to have you on just to talk wrestling and just to get to know a little bit more about you. Awesome. So. I'm happy to be here and chat. I'm always happy to chat wrestling and have some kind of human contact right now. <laughs> <laughs> the way things are going, and I mean, after the new restrictions that they just announced earlier, it seems like it's getting farther and farther away from actually being able to hang out with someone, you know? So, yeah. But uh, so let's let's jump right into it. I mean, growing up, what were your what got you into wrestling? What was your first you know wrestling memories, so to say? Um, well, as my brother talked about on his podcast with you, uh, we used to watch wrestling before we got separated. Mm -hmm. You know, the Attitude Era kind of stuff was kicking off. I don't remember it too well um, due to, like, concussions. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when we got separated, I ended up with my papa back home. Mm -hmm. um, I expressed interest in still watching wrestling. And he said, there's no way I'm letting you watch that garbage in my house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can watch this and he gave me like Johnny St. Tapes, Big Daddy, Steve Gray, Jim Brakes, mm -hmm. uh, Les Kettle. I like Mike Flash Gordon, um, guys like that. And at first I didn't really appreciate the Johnny St. stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I was kind of more used to like punching and kicking and, you know, stuff that I don't so much like now. Yeah. But eventually I grew to really love it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when I was in university, I started trading those tapes for like Noah tapes and uh, stuff like that. Like been a fan of Goshiozaki and Kenta since like 2000. Mm -hmm. I think one of my favorite matches of all time is Misawa versus Kobashi from 2002. Okay. This is crazy. Misawa is a huge influence on me. Uh, probably one of the, like, I, if I was to give five pillars of my inspiration, it would definitely, Misawa is definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. um yeah uh i guess that would be my early wrestling lineage if you will you know it's funny you mentioned uh the match because i was actually gonna you know ask you about memorable matches that stood out to you before you know getting into wrestling so you i mean you're a step ahead of me with that so uh, <laughs> i honestly i slowly i'm going back more and more and you know being able to re-watch stuff that i never did in the early 2000s like the noah stuff and i mean mm -hmm. i i went and i kind of got my hands on some uh all japan women stuff from way back so i'm oh, looking yeah. forward to getting into that and really watching that but i i love Manami toyota okay she's like she's one of the best wrestlers on the planet like regardless mm -hmm. of gender she's amazing she might be the best of all time like if you go by Meltzer ratings and you like if you value his opinion she has the most five stars out of any person ever she got two in the same fucking day <laughs> I... like two five-star matches same day and this is before he was uh breaking the scale 
Mm-hmm. So like, she's nuts. That's unheard of nowadays. I mean, there's you wouldn't find a wrestler who's able to do that. And I mean, it's not like he's giving out five stars to everyone. And to have yeah. someone be able to do that twice in one day is that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so I think the story is uh, one of the matches she was in was actually started the day before, but it ended past midnight. So technically, two matches in the same day. But mm-hmm. imagine. You finish your match, you get home, what, two, three in the morning, you get some sleep, you go to the venue, you just bang out another five-star match when you wake up. <laughs> like you roll I, out of bed, five-star match. <laughs> and she's doing it like it's no big deal. Yeah, that, it's crazy. And I mean, I'm not too familiar with her work, but she's a name that I've heard people talk about, you know? So it's it's one of those things where there's so much content out there, it's just a matter of getting to it. I yeah, find. it is impossible. It's impossible to catch up. And frankly, it's impossible to keep up. If you mm-hmm. were to watch everything uh, WWE puts out, everything A- AEW puts out, everything Impact puts out, everything like MLW puts out, everything this puts out, Progress puts out, ICW, New Japan, All Japan, <laughs> there's too much. You can't mm-hmm. possibly watch it all. That's not even CML, AAA. You can't watch it all. It's like impossible. So I, I like what I've started doing, especially is like picking and choosing what I'm going to watch. I, mm-hmm. I track down the stuff that's going to be of the most value for me in the ways of entertainment and in the ways of study. And then I just watch that. Mm-hmm. So like from modern stuff, it's a lot of Zack Sabre Jr., a lot of Daniel Bryan. Um, and then just like whatever weird L dandy or something match <laughs> I, I feel like watching that day <laughs> you know it it took me a little while to get into uh zach saber jr matches mm-hmm. but even he had one um last week or no it was, uh, earlier this week or yeah earlier this week against uh tongaloa and even a match as simple as that i was i was right into you know or yeah i think it was tongaloa but even that match like i'm watching and i was like this is incredibly good this is very entertaining and i i found myself hooked yeah uh so when i became nxt champion uh alex vanna met me the first day and he saw mm-hmm. my matches and he goes you remind me of zach saber jr and at the time my response was who the fuck is Zack Sabre Jr.? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he hadn't uh, he hadn't blown up yet, mm-hmm. so he linked me um, a progress match against uh, uh, Finn Balor. Okay, and I was like, yeah, that's who I want to be. So uh, people have other people have com- compared me to him favorably. Obviously, like a Walmart version, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a compliment to me. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I really uh, fell in love with his style very quickly because he seems to emulate the same type of people that I emulated, mm-hmm. like the Johnny Saints, the Dean Malinkos, uh, Jim Brake, Steve Gray, stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Kidd. Um, so he was influenced by the same people I was. And then we obviously have a similar body type. I think he's a bit heavier than me. I'm 160, 160 right now. I think he's like 175, 180, something like that. Okay. So we have a similar, he's tall and lanky too. So like, yeah, there's just a lot of similarities between us. He's just obviously much, much, much more better than me and much more practiced. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, well, it you know it's funny that you had mentioned uh, NXW because uh, I've talked to both uh, your brother David and Jay Walker, and all three of you were you know very influential in that. And after I had talked to David, I'd almost said you know like once I talked to Leo, I almost might have to do like a round table with the three of you guys just to go over everything that happened with that, you know, because it's, when I first talked to Jay, it was all brand new to me. I, I was unaware of all of it, but so it was just a little something, uh, you yeah, know, that... that was like, it was a really great thing. Mm -hmm. uh, just tucked away in Somerset, Manitoba. Mm -hmm. So I think it's almost like a little gem that a lot of people might uh, might actually be interested one day. So maybe it might be something to look into just to get the word out there about it. So, but yeah, like oh, uh, go ahead. Bret Hart was on one of our shows. Um, he hit me with a dusty elbow, and I beat <laughs> with him for like ever now. <laughs> you're you're gonna have to get your heat back one of these days. <laughs> So let's let, let's talk about you getting into wrestling. You know, what was it that was it the watching some of those guys in the ring that uh, you know the Johnny Saints and that that made you want to step into the ring, or was it something else? Well, at first it was Masawa. Uh, mm -hmm. In my mind, I wanted to be a strong style Kings Road heavyweight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, back home, I took a. It was only like a, a month and a half long like three days a week, uh, maybe four to six hours classes. So it's not like I left the camp ready to go or anything mm -hmm. like that. I just did it as a summer activity at the time and honestly didn't think anything of it. Then in 2010, when I moved back here to uh, help take care of my grandma as she was, uh, she had fallen ill and uh, kind of reunited with my family and stuff with this side of my family. And then um, I needed something to do. Mm -hmm. And there was a local show that just happened to be going on. So I figured I'd go check it out. And um, it was SPW. Mm -hmm. And he put me in a match on my first day. And like, this is even, there's like two years in between my camp and then when I was having this match. So I kind of got a, I don't want to say I got a bad view, but I got a very skewed view of how the business was run here. Mm -hmm. or just run in general, really, because I'd never been on shows before. So, yeah, I never regretted going there because it was a good learning experience, but I didn't really regret leaving either. <laughs> oh, for sure. So when you did, you know, get into training, who who were the ones who helped you along the way? Who, who kind of set the path for you? Oh, there have been so many people to help me. I, I don't think I've ever... I'm not at a point where I think I've finished training. I don't think I ever will. Mm -hmm. um, the list is so long. We've got Rob Stardom, Adam Knight, Antonio Scorpio, Easy Rider, Trent Nash, Bucky <laughs> McGraw, Jumpin' Joe, uh, King Cash uh, from HIW, um, even um, Jesse Neal. He helped me a lot out on tours. Like I've learned so much from working with Kenny, even like mm -hmm. little small things. Like um, the first time he lifted me in the electric chair, it was a little difficult. And he said, hey, man, next time, just like keep your core tight and it'll be really easy for me to lift you up. And I was like, I, I never fucking knew that. <laughs> 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 no, 
no one has told me that before. And Kenny mm-hmm. just goes, well, that's because I'm the fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I always want to learn more and mm-hmm. learn new things. Like I'm not in Winnipeg right now, but when I get back, I think we're going to get in contact with uh, Danny in particular, because he's someone I really want to work with, mm-hmm. like work against. I think we would have really good matches. And we did have one. It was a tag match. But I, I think if we got a chance to do a singles match, it would be fantastic because he appreciates the style of wrestling that I like to do. Mm-hmm. And I can do it with people who don't necessarily favor it or even know how to do it and, and can still guide them through enough most of the time where it comes off clean. But for somebody like him who like really knows it, it's going to look really good. And then mm-hmm. he's so big that we're going to be able to do some really cool stuff, I think. And uh, I just think that uh, the two of us would mesh really well in a match. So I'm going to try and get a hold of him and maybe try and finagle some private lessons when I, uh, when that can happen. But mm-hmm. yeah, like so many people have contributed to me and I'm so uh, grateful to all of them for helping me get anywhere. Like I've accomplished way more than I ever thought that I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's a long list of people who have helped me out. I, I think it's important to always have the mindset to keep learning because you've been able to step into the ring with so many different, you know, talented wrestlers that they're going to have, you know, you know, not necessarily advice, but be able to show, offer influences, you know, and maybe something, you know, like the, what Kenny had suggested to you that, you know, you can kind of pick up little things from more and more people and it'll only help benefit you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm always open to uh, hearing what people might have to say, even like, there are people who just flat out don't like uh, don't like my way of chain wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't like the counter wrestling. They don't like to do it. They think it's boring. And I've I've been told to stop that shit and uh, like stuff like that. And even I respect that that person is a is a veteran. He's been around a long time, and I respect his opinion. Mm-hmm. I just don't necessarily agree with it. So, like, not every piece of advice you get is going to apply to you necessarily, or at least Mm -hmm. apply to you in all times. Like, there are times where it wouldn't make sense for me to lock up and start swapping holds with somebody if we've been in a blood feud. Like, it it doesn't really make sense for us to open our match that way or for me to attack him that way, right? So, you know, it just doesn't apply to me in all of my matches. Mm -hmm. But there is some value to what he said. So you can always take something from somebody, even if it's you, it might seem an unfair criticism, unless it just straight up legitimately is one. Yeah. Then, you know, what are you going to do? But -hmm. you can even try and turn negatives into positives for improvement. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. So when you were trained, like when you were, you know, when you started off training, what was that like stepping into the ring for the first time? What what was going through your mind? You know, I'm sure there was excitement. Was there nerves or how are you handling it? Uh, again, because of concussions, I don't really <laughs> have a good memory of the camp because it was it was a long time ago. Um, but all I remember is the first bump feeling like a car accident. And um, I noticed some difference in like I run the ropes differently than a lot of people here is a little something I've noticed that's different. And a lot of people practice taking bumps on their own. And I was never told to do that ever mm-hmm. that like they would go, for example, there's one where they go into a handstand, like standing on their hands and then they flip over and they take their own 
like to teach them, you, you know, you get the motion of being slammed. I never got taught to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, there's it definitely different little things, but as far as feelings, all I remember is feeling like a car crash the first time <laughs> I was like, this hurts so bad. Mm. I almost was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I already paid for this, the camp. So I was like, I kind of have to, <laughs> I yeah. feel like I have to. Uh, I remember being chopped until I was blistered and bleeding. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like, well, this is bullshit. I, I don't need to be chopped 60 times to learn how to get chopped. Like, yeah, I, to this day, I don't agree with that methodology. Like, I kind of think that you're being a bit of an asshole. Mm-hmm. You're you're just taking the opportunity to rough up somebody who's like put trust and faith in you, mm-hmm. and that's just how I feel about it. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would disagree, and that's fine. Um, I remember that sucking. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being super excited and then like super frustrated with myself because. I'm one of these kinds of people who like, if I can't do something and then do it right away and be good at it, I tend not to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I give up <laughs> and that's not necessarily a good thing. But for instance, I wanted to play guitar and the guitar teacher is like, we're going to teach you how to play smoke on the water. It's like, I don't want to fucking play smoke on the water. I want to play ghost reveries, uh, the whole album. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> well, you can't, that's really hard. And it's like, well, then I'm not going to fucking do it. I don't, yeah. I don't know. So uh, I almost didn't stick with it. Um, be, and I'm sure there's people who say I'm not good now, but there was, there's enough interest to over, to counter out the, that sort of negativity in my brain. So I was that excited that it mm-hmm. overtook that sort of like, negative aspect of my psychology and uh i'm glad i stuck around so that much excitement Mm -hmm. a lot of apprehension um because you i don't you're walking into something you don't really know what's going to happen you hear stories of guys like breaking your ankle on purpose and stuff like that Mm -hmm. you ever heard about that i have not i don't know the uh how valid this is but there is a story of somebody who was either training with hulk hogan or the guy who trained hulk hogan he told somebody in the class, it may have even been Hulk Hogan himself, to get down on all fours in the referee's position. Mm-hmm. And then he jumped up and tr- gave the guy's ankle a knee drop and immediately broke it. And it's like, go tell your friends that wrestling is fake or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure like where that story came from. I just know it's in my brain somehow. <laughs> so like, the names could be wrong. I don't yeah. know where it happened. I don't know who mm-hmm. did it. All I know is that that story is in my brain. And that's the kind of stuff that you hear about going into this world. You're worried about, you know, are they going to ask me to cut my forehead open? Or like, am I going to get a concussion my first day? Like, what's going to happen? Are they going to take, are they going to take liberties with you? You know, like. Exactly. Are they they just going to beat me up? Are they going to break my ankle on purpose? You know, all kinds of things. Am I going to get hurt just because it's a dangerous sport? Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, once I got over that and the, and the excitement set in, I was good to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel very privileged to be able to continue all the training that I've got to do here, especially with guys like Adam Knight. And uh, I I never got to train. I, I don't think I've ever got to train directly with Mentolo, but I, I exchanged emails with him mm-hmm. uh, for a while, trying to like pick his brain until I felt I was being annoying. 
Um, but yeah, so many people have contributed and helped me grow that I, I still feel that excitement now, anytime mm -hmm. I'm training and, uh, it's crazy. Um, one name that continues to come up with people I've talked to is Adam Knighton. He has really had an influence on wrestling in Winnipeg. I think that is, you know, the very least I can say about it. Uh, absolutely. He has, mm -hmm. um, I remember, um, being very intimidated by him at first. So the very first show I was on, uh, for PCW anyways, uh, I didn't know this at all, but I was booked to do a run-in against him. Me and a guy named Shadow Extreme were, were supposed to come in and save uh, a masked wrestler named El Fuego from Adam Knight being a bully and beating him up. But I'd only seen Adam Knight on tape before. And one of my friends were like, here's some of the guys locally on this tape, this DVD. Mm -hmm. So I watched it and Adam Knight does this amazing spine buster. So just to like break the ice and like open up talking to him, I said like, Hey, I saw your spine buster. I thought it was amazing. And he goes, good. You can take it tonight. <laughs> okay. I guess <laughs> I didn't know I was taking anything from you, but okay. So that was really cool. Uh, and then ever since then he's, he's done a lot to help guide the PCW locker room, especially the, the younger guys, uh, mm -hmm or at least younger guys in the business. I'm like 35 years old now, so I wouldn't say I'm young, mm -hmm. but myself, Jay, uh, Vanna, Tyler Yee, when he was around, Xiao Ming, um, Jackie Lee, Scott Justice, like the, the core PCW, like, I don't know, that wave of guys that came through all kind of at the same time. Mm -hmm. He was a huge help and influence on all of us, showing us the ropes, showing us some things to do, showing us some things not to do. He even, um, like I call him my wrestling Papa Bear. He even uh, came to my defense once as a wrestler had cornered me, uh, two of them actually, had cornered me in a bathroom and, and were using uh, various slurs against me uh, because I wrestled a woman or something. <laughs> I never really understood what they were mad about. And... Obviously, I can't take two guys by myself. I probably couldn't have took one of them, given the situation. But Adam Knight saw what was happening, comes over, and is like, are we going to do this? Because I'll do this right now. Like, mm -hmm. we'll go outside, and I'll do this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that guy's never been invited back, and uh, haven't had a problem with that guy since. Mm -hmm. So, like, he saw that that person was using those kinds of slurs, and... Uh, he took it upon himself to be the locker room general and say, like, we don't tolerate that here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was the end of that. I think, like, that sort of leadership, it's very well needed, uh, especially in wrestling, because uh, there's you'll, – you'll hear stories and stuff like that, and you need someone to really – I don't want to say right the ship, but for everyone to know that it's not going to be tolerated, there's not going to be any of that garbage here, like – it's a, a place where everyone can be respectful and be respected, you know, not just be bullies. Yeah. I think I had like said something on YouTube that bothered him or something, mm -hmm. but yeah, what, using those slurs were not called for. There was a, there was an adult way to handle the situation. Yeah. And that wasn't it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just goes to show to, to uh, Knight's character that he like without being asked or anything like that, he chose to step in and be like, listen, 
we can fight about it or we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to use slurs like that, we're going to fight about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. And that's how I've always felt at PCW. When I did come out publicly, Andrew was the first person to go, if anybody says anything to you, you let me know and, and I'll beat the shit out of them straight. Mm-hmm. I don't care who they are. Um, <laughs> and if you've ever seen Andrew, there wouldn't be much doubt in your mind that he could beat the shit out of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is definitely true. Um, now, you've, I mean, you've wrestled for PCW for, I went back and looked and I think it was almost 10 years, if I'm not mistaken. We're getting close, yeah. So you mentioned that group of guys, uh, you know, the the Jay and Adam and, you know, J- uh, Jackie Lee, Scott Justice. And I mean, things have changed a little bit since then, but yeah. I, st- I still get the, when I see the group of guys and uh, women that work there, it's, uh, I get the impression that it's still a very close family there. Um, that's how I feel about it. Um, so for example, when I got the opportunity to work like, uh, Kenny or Steve Carino or you know with with Quack like Quack mm-hmm. was brought in specially for me um, I didn't hear people going well, why the fuck is this guy getting to do it mm-hmm. I, I get messages of people saying like I'm really happy you're getting this opportunity and that's a huge difference um, it'd be very easy for people to say like why the fuck are you getting to do this and I'm sure some people do mm-hmm. but I don't think those people are in the PCW locker room mm-hmm. I think they're people from outside of it if they're, if they care enough to do it at all. Yeah. But like just getting messages from people who like I see in the locker room, but they're not friends with me necessarily saying like, I'm really glad you're getting this opportunity. I hope it goes well for you. Mm-hmm. Like that's what kind of atmosphere it is there. And um, I have a feeling that no matter who you are in that locker room, if somebody was, somebody came in there and you're, I don't know what your orientation is, however you identify, whatever. I think you would feel welcome there. And um, in fact, a guy messaged me. He only came to PCW one time from Alberta. And he sent me a message like a year later saying, thank you for making me feel so welcome. I've never felt so welcome in a locker room like that. And it was you and your brother just sitting there chatting with me. Mm -hmm. And I felt so relaxed. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. And he's not like those type of messages are more important to me then somebody saying I had a good match, I would rather be, I would rather leave a positive impact on the industry and have good matches, of course. <laughs> but like, if I'm remembered as a guy who made people feel welcome and stuff like that, then I'm happy with that. Even if nobody, even if somebody doesn't remember me for having good matches, they remember me for making them feel welcome in the, I'm happy with that impacting their life in a positive way, you know, and I think that can go a long way even beyond wrestling. So that's something that I think can really mean a lot to people. Yeah. I I really hope to leave the business more positive than when I came into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just want to have a positive impact as much as possible and uh, make up for some mistakes that I may have made earlier because Mm -hmm. we're all rash and whatever at times. Um, I didn't do anything like egregious, mm-hmm. but you know, we all make mistakes. Oh, for sure. So you've wrestled, you know, uh, predominantly in Winnipeg, but you have also ventured across Canada numerous times, you know, yeah. you've wrestled for HIW, RCW. What 
what makes it that you keep going back out there? What is it about, you know, heading out West, heading across Canada? Because some guys, they might only do one tour, but it's a constant for you. Yeah. I love being on the road. I hate driving on the road. (laughs) If I could have a transporter or (laughs) one ability from like Dragon Ball or a superhero power, it would be just, I make a portal. I step through, I'm where I need to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I love wrestling. And there was a there was a period of time where I was at RCW every month. I was at HIW every month, doing PCW every month. And then I was doing uh, CWC whenever I could. And, uh, and I was in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there were times where I would get out of school, get on a flight to Regina, get off the flight, go to the venue, set up the ring, wrestle, tear the ring down, go home. <laughs> get much sleep finally, then drive out to Saskatoon and do mm-hmm. the next day uh, with, with HIW, then drive out to RCW and do uh, the Sunday. Um, some crazy times. And I noticed some people that's nothing because like, it, like the CWE tours are mm-hmm. insane. There's no way I could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how they do it. Um, all, all the power in the world to them touring that long my mm-hmm. body can't take it. I can't take being in the car that long. Like the the winter death tours nearly killed me. I had a, I did two of them. I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> well, one of them was with Ernie Todd, so I don't know if that counts as a winter death tour. But one of them was definitely the Tony Candelo tour. Mm-hmm. Never again. <laughs> I think the the Candelo death tours to uh, the northern parts of Manitoba are, I think they're legendary at this point for, you know, the people who have been on there and the stories that they've heard. Uh, yeah. Mine, um, I don't remember, like, having, like, I don't remember a lot of the matches. I remember having a really good match with Bobby Collins on the tour, which really surprised me because, like, stylistically, you don't, I don't think we would clash. But mm-hmm. he's, like, so experienced that during the match, I don't know why, but I did the Eddie Guerrero like shoulder roll okay. and the crowd went nuts. And he's like, well, I, I go to lift him for something. He's like, well, you're finished the frog splash now. And I went, oh, okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, on the fly, he called it and it went over really well. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember that. And the one thing I remember is the difference in, in like culture that shocked me. Cause uh, so this is kind of funny. I had only met like one indigenous person at this time because mm-hmm. I had just recently moved and it was shadow. And uh, when we went out there, I was with him and I was like, shadow, why is everybody talking like that? And he goes, Oh, that's the native accent. And I went, Oh, I thought that's just how you talk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was like, no, 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 that's like a whole thing. And, and I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then like realizing it's $20 for a jar of mayonnaise out there. Mm-hmm. That blew my mind. And then I got hurt and I had to go to like one of their medical I don't know what to call it. A medic, their local medical facility. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, we can only treat one person at a time. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, one person at a time. And if like two people come in, we have to choose which one's hurt and, and the most and treat them first. And I was like, my school is equipped better than this. Mm-hmm. Like my classroom has like, <laughs> like I could, uh, I've put somebody in the, um, the CAT scan machine. And they don't have one. And I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit. <laughs> this is crazy. How I don't understand. Like, it mm-hmm. blew my mind seeing that that is a medical facility. 
but yeah, that, that, that had a bigger impact on me than, um, uh, the matches. Mm-hmm. They stand out more to me. So that, that was a crazy experience. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. managing money and stuff while you're out there. I had no idea. So I wasn't prepared at all. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was eating everything that I was making. Mm-hmm. And at the time I wasn't asking for very much money either. And he was paying me way more. And when he handed me my first envelope, I looked at it, I was shocked. And I just went, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done this for less than half of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was a nuts experience. Well, you know, I think I talked to AJ Sanchez a few weeks ago, and one of the things he had mentioned was that it was definitely an eye-opening experience doing some of those tours. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a wrestling shock, a culture shock, and a lot of driving in the cold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was rough. So, you started off as a singles wrestler, but you also dabbled a little bit in tag team how how did the transition come to eventually teaming up with david so that was always my intention uh when i first tried so my brother said i like trained him and i wouldn't say i did that what i Mm -hmm. tried to do is get him to a point where he could show up to a, a class like with adam and not feel like he was holding the class back Mm-hmm. So like I taught him how to lock up, exchange a few holds, and then take flat back bumps. That's that's the that's it. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, here now now you can keep up and and not feel you're holding anybody back, which is yeah. what he was worried about. He didn't want to drag the class down while he's learning to take a simple back bump, and everybody else is sitting there going like, come on, we we need to move it on. So mm-hmm. so that's what we did. Uh, and the goal was always for us to team together. Um, because he has what I don't naturally, and I have what he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So my strengths and his strengths complement each other, and we both hide each other's negatives. So I feel like that's why we work so strongly as a team. Mm-hmm. And I kept working as a singles performer, and I find it much more difficult. And uh, it took a while for me to really find my groove and i really Mm -hmm. want to thank hiw and king cash um for letting me do that and mike mishuga for being such a great opponent for my first like real singles feud out there Mm -hmm. uh it was huge for me and that whole angle paid off so well and they just let me oh they just let me do what i wanted to do and develop my own character and get my style over and i needed a good opponent in order to do it Mm -hmm. so I never wanted to completely get away from being a singles wrestler, but I love tag team wrestling. So it was always the goal with David. And uh, I like to think of it like a, if the match is a canvas, each participant is a different color. Mm-hmm. So with a singles match, you've only got two colors and there's only a select number of combinations that you could possibly do. Yeah. You mean you've got the referee as a, let's say a shade. Um, but with a tag match, You've got four colors and those colors can pair off and form a triangle. And then Mm -hmm. you can blend colors and then you get more colors and they stack on top of each other and you get layers. I just feel there's more, not to say you can't tell amazing stories in singles matches because you absolutely can. I just feel you can tell much more dynamic stories in tag Mm -hmm. team wrestling. And um, I want to thank 
all the companies who have uh, given us the opportunity to do that because we are nine time. I'm a, I'm a nine time tag team champion. <laughs> so there are a lot of people who put faith in me. Um, and I really appreciate all those opportunities for me and David getting to wrestle across uh, Western Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point we were ha- we held like three tag titles at once, I think. And it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I, I had no idea about that one. Yeah, we did a match uh, where the HIW tag belts were on the line, the gold mm-hmm. dragon tag belts were on the line and the PCW tag belts were on the line mm-hmm. against flex appeal. And uh, that was uh, probably one of my favorite tag team matches of all time. Um, it's on YouTube, and I um, I still go back and watch it occasionally, but I try not to because my memory of it, rem- I remember the crowd's energy and stuff, mm-hmm. and there's certain things that you can't tell in the video. So, for example, uh, I had really hurt my neck for the first time, and I wasn't I was gonna get a uh, non-invasive surgery to remove some of the scar tissue and stuff like that that had built up on my neck that was causing me some problems with like mobility and like losing feeling in my arms, mm-hmm. like it was causing pressure and stuff like that. And, um, I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to wrestle again and somehow word of that got out. So as we were making our entrance, and this is one of our most sold out shows ever, it is mm-hmm. packed in there. We had to push our way through fans. People are like hugging me and shaking my hands and stuff like that. Like the fans on my way to the ring. And I look mm-hmm. back at David, I'm like, the fuck is going on (laughs) what's happening and um it we i don't want to say it turned us babyface but like we were getting babyface reactions for doing things and we kind of steered into it so like when i put on the wrist lock it got a huge pop i was Mm -hmm. like this is really weird (laughs) um but yeah they if it was going to be my last hurrah like the crowd was huge. The crowd went out of their way to make it special for me. The match mm-hmm. was really good for what we could do at the time. And it, it still holds up now. Of course, being a perfectionist, there are things I would change and perfect. Yeah. Um, and it was a whole story leading up to it. It was just a perfect storm of a tag team match. And that was probably the most titles ever on the line at the same time uh, while I've been involved in any way. <laughs> and it was amazing seeing three companies come together and allow it to happen. Oh, for sure. I mean... You're seeing that more now, but I mean, a few years ago, you never would have thought that. Yeah, absolutely not. (laughs) Like um, um, Bobby Shink is doing CWE and PCW. That would mm -hmm. have never happened a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Never. It was just, you know, you're working for one promotion and, you know, that's your home base. You might have guys who jump ship eventually, but you don't get the crossover as you do now. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm glad that things are starting to mature a little bit. We'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> Hopefully, you know what, with the amount of uh, promotions in Winnipeg, I think it, it can only benefit everyone to have good relationships so that, you know, talent can be talent can work in different promotions, you know, get the, get the crossover, get the different matchups. And, you know, you have, you know, sort of the more, I don't want to say camaraderie, but, you know, like everyone's working for a, a better What's the word, you know, uh, a better working scenario, you know? Yeah. More promotions uh, mm-hmm. doing well means more work and more money for everybody. Fans mm-hmm. get to enjoy more. The workers get to make more. And it's all just good for the business. It's good mm-hmm. business. Um, 
I hope all the companies do well, whether they use me or not. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think that in Winnipeg, there's, let's say, four promotions right now that are basically putting on shows and you get something different from each one, you know, no promotion is the exact same. And, yes. you know, you have, you know, the CWE shows, you have, you know, the smaller sort of family of PCW and you have, uh, I mean, WrestleMax has put on a few shows and WPW, I think what they're doing um, with sort of their bar shows, but they're making it a welcome, uh, welcome place for everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. You might you might go to a show somewhere and you're going to hear, you know, the bullshit in the crowd, you know, and might not feel welcome there. Whereas you go to a WPW show and that's not allowed. Every It's a welcome place for everyone. You know, respect each other and don't be a dick. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate them trying to create that environment. Um, and I'm glad that it it's paid off for them so well. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel... Uh, that by saying they're the ones doing it, they're implying that everyone else doesn't. And Which obviously that's not the case. Not like, at all. No, it's just an unintentional. It, I, it's very unintentional, I think. It's mm -hmm. just like language, you know? Yeah. Um, but yes, I'm very glad that they put that message out there because if somebody goes to their shows for the first time, feels welcome and enjoyed themselves, they're going to check out other wrestling and be like, mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I'll go to this one. I'll go to a PCW show. I'll go to a CWE show. Or I forget the other, Max, right? Wrestle yeah, Max. WrestleMax. I'll go to WrestleMax. So, like, again, it just spreads a positive message everywhere. And mm -hmm. I think as long as everyone's on board together, working together, it's going to be good times for everybody and more mm -hmm. money for everybody. And that's what it's all about, really, is putting on great matches and hopefully making a, making enough money to cover your meal afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I yeah i think it's just a wording and uh because i mean you go to a pcw show and for the most part i mean it's the same sort of vibe you know like it's Absolutely. everyone's welcome you know and i didn't want to just imply it was wpw when other promotions are doing it as well definitely yeah yeah it's um yeah like i said i think it's just completely unintentional and like whatever but mm -hmm. like there were some people who are very upset uh by that implication and mm -hmm. uh I think it's misplaced anger, really. Definitely. I wanted to touch on a few matches that I know they definitely stand out to me, and they might stand out to you too, but I wanted to get your reaction to a few of them. And one of them was your match with Jay Walker at PCW Any Way You Want It for the Canadian Championship title. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that match. Was that at Any Way You Want It? I thought we worked I... uh, sweet and tasty at Any Way You Want It. Oh, I hope I didn't get that wrong then. And that's going to look it bad. Did, because that's the match I got paralyzed. Oh. Yeah, I got paralyzed any way you want it. Uh, but um, the match with Jay Walker, the title match. Yes. That was really special because we really built that angle up online. Mm -hmm. Because we don't have a weekly television show, right? And people were watching both of our YouTube shows. And um, like fans commenting from like Spain chili i never i never been there <laughs> it's just crazy seeing people invested in this match between two friends happening mm -hmm. and i really liked the idea of the angle because i just had alex vanna my best friend break up with me and leave me mm -hmm. and i didn't want to risk losing another friend because of a wrestling match mm -hmm. 
and for people to buy into it and they really bought into the finish like uh i go to drop the danielson elbows and there's people screaming like do it <laughs> like mm -hmm. you gotta do it uh somebody goes like he's not your friend right now like all that stuff and of course i can't do it i don't want to like concuss my friend so i try yeah. and uh, lock in cattle mutilation and he manages to counter and, and get the win uh he deserved it and our friendship survived mm -hmm. i i really enjoyed the match i really enjoyed the build-up mm -hmm. and i really appreciate uh andrew for putting that much faith in me because at the time i'm very much in my tag team zone in pcw mm -hmm. um so it was a little bit of a breakaway and um i remember enjoying the match i remember being hot as fuck that night mm -hmm. <laughs> um of course, as a perfectionist, there's things I want to fix. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the build and the story. And I always enjoy working Jay. Mm -hmm. you, uh, two, so. you two definitely have a good uh, chemistry in the ring. And I mean, the buildup for it, the, the videos online that you were both doing, I mean, it really added something to that match, if you ask me. Oh, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I would love to do that for every match. Mm -hmm. uh tell stories like that but unfortunately sometimes like i don't know who i'm working till i get there mm -hmm. and then what am i gonna do like it's hard at least for me it's hard to cut promos when all i have is a date like mm -hmm. it's hard for me to say come and see this amazing match because i don't know i don't i don't know what that match is mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna fight somebody i don't know who i don't know why but it's gonna happen but i'll the be there information i get the more mm -hmm. I can, I feel I can work with. Yeah. And I know people like, like uh, I'm going to throw more praise on Danny. Danny cut a promo about anything mm -hmm. <laughs> on anybody about anything for no reason. And mm -hmm. it will be great. He He's just that good. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can't. I, I, I really am. The, the more I can sink my teeth into the better it'll be. And we mm -hmm. had a lot of meat there uh, mm -hmm. to get into. And it really, it really helped the match because normally a baby face, baby face match, it can be a little difficult. And more importantly, because of a baby face, baby face match, I'm not sitting there throwing a lot of strikes and stuff. It's a lot of holds. Mm -hmm. And sometimes bar crowds cannot be receptive to that because mm -hmm. they want different stuff, yeah. but they really bought into it. And, they really bought into that finish. I remember people, uh, uh, I remember people afterwards, like veterans, uh, people who've been around a long time saying like, that was a really good finish and mm -hmm. they really bought into it. And that's because of the story you guys told like, mm -hmm. good job. And when people go out of your way, out of their way to say that to you, it means you did well. Mm -hmm. um, you didn't have to say that to me. Neither of them did. And I really appreciate that. And it's always made me remember that match very fondly even if it may not be my favorite one we've ever done. Mm -hmm. Well, then I'll ask you, what was the favorite one you did with Jay? Um, it was one of the matches for the NXW championship. Uh, I was, we did every crazy move and bump you can think of like stuff I would never do now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I was just trying to pop, uh, pop Adam Knight who was watching in the back. <laughs> uh, so I'm, Jay's getting up. I hit him with a, uh, a rolling forearm to the back of the head and I go dragon suplex. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and if you've watched my matches, I'm not suplexing guys around a lot. So dragon suplex, he rolls through up to his knees. I grab him brain buster. I lift him up 
bang. And Adam Knight comes after me afterwards. It was like, when you grabbed him for the brain buster, I was like, no fucking way. And then mm-hmm. when you got him up, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and then bang, I hit him with the brain buster. Um, so I really like that one, but that's because of like backstage stuff. I was trying mm-hmm. to make people laugh. Um, yeah, but that would be my favorite one because the NXW fans, uh, they don't really know anything about wrestling. If I went out there and said I was Davey Richards or like, I don't know, Brian Danielson, they would have <laughs> no idea that I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I could do any move and tell them I made it and, and they would, they wouldn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. So it was a really good way to experiment and break out of your, like, break out new character traits and stuff like me and my brother went to uh, a spencer's and we were like we want to look like the biggest douchebags on the planet we want people to look at us and want to fight us immediately can mm-hmm. you do that so we got like foil affliction shirts with like <laughs> crosses and skulls on it we wore two pairs of shutter shades so we could take them off and there's another pair on underneath <laughs> we were wearing like uh athletic headbands and like all that kind of stuff. It was just the worst, the worst mm-hmm. thing you've ever seen. And I remember we're doing our entrance and we're, we're walking. We had creatine powder with us for like, no, <laughs> <laughs> we're just carrying it all the time. Yeah. And, and a, a kid in the crowd was like, dad, I want that shirt. My brother goes, no, this is not what you want to grow up to be. <laughs> so it was just really fun getting to experiment and do new stuff and like, mm-hmm be a different version of my my heel character for sure so Uh, so i think that's why i prefer the nxw match well you had talked about being able to promote an upcoming match Mm -hmm. and i know uh summer 2019 they announced that and you mentioned earlier that you were going to be able to face off against mike quackenbush yeah uh i know that he was someone that you you know you were you wanted to wrestle that was you know something you really wanted and i'm not here to talk about what happened afterwards with you know last year with that with mike mm-hmm. for you step into the ring with him someone that you admired you know that you looked up to what was that like uh, well uh i have to look at that match and that experience in a vacuum mm-hmm. um because Obviously, with what came out about it, it changes. It would change my perspective, but I look yeah. at it on its own. And luckily, out of the five pillars, Quack is one of them, but so is Steve Carino. And luckily, I got to work with him first. Mm-hmm. So I got the jitters. I wasn't starstruck. He was probably annoyed with the amount of questions I had for him. <laughs> like, uh, who was really was seventeen? Reckless youth. I was like asking him all these ridiculous questions. Uh, did you really like invent the seventeen forbidden holds? And will you show them to me? <laughs> um, all that kind of stuff. So when I stepped into the ring with him, I had a com- b- before the match, I had a completely different idea of how this match was going to go than what he wanted to do. Uh, so it completely changed the tone and everything like that uh, with what he wanted. And it was amazing to me uh, getting to do like spots that I know that he does and Mm -hmm. suggesting his own moves to him like i want to take this one um the the hold that he finished me with that was my idea because that was the move i first saw him do where i was like i am a fan of this guy this move Mm -hmm. is incredible um the rolling i don't know what you would call uh, lightning lock beta 
for those that don't know, it's like an, my arm is trapped. He hooks me for the Russian leg sweep. He takes the bump. We roll through it. So now we're both on our knees. He then sits up, grabs my unhooked leg, and puts it behind his neck for like a stretch muffler. It's, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the, the experience of stepping in there with him and the whole thing materializing was crazy. So when mm-hmm. I first meshed him on Twitter after he did the video, he said, if, me, if wrestling me would mean something to you, hit up my inbox. So I do it. I don't ask Andrew. (laughs) 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 So I don't know if we have a venue. I don't know if we have a promotion. I don't know if we have anything (laughs) when I send him this message. Because I'm thinking there is no way he is going to message me back. Mm -hmm. But we'd had a few interactions on Twitter. People like tagging us both saying like, hey, I think you guys would like this. Or like us appearing. We're having the same conversation with each other. And then at one point I had said uh, Mike Quackenbush and Jigsaw as one of my favorite tag teams and included like the Brain Busters and all these other guys that I really mm-hmm. love. And Quack was like, wow, we're in really good company. Thank you very much. And that's when he started following me. Mm-hmm. And then I had said to him, I really hope I can thank you in person. I really hope I can lock up with you one day. And like one year later, the match is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it blew my, blew my mind. And to this <laughs> day, I am so thankful for the opportunity if there's one thing I could fix about it, it's my rib exploding in the match. I did not know about that one. Yeah, so uh, he jumps up and he gives me a double knee drop. And for some mm-hmm. reason, uh, my rib cage, uh, I, well, you won't be able to see it, but right here has popped. It mm-hmm. popped and I can't breathe and I'm stuck trying to breathe and I kick mm-hmm. out late. Um, so they made an on-the-fly decision to have me pin him and then we make it two out of three falls. So that's mm-hmm. why that happened. It wasn't a planned spot or anything. But um, it's a good, it ended up being a really good thing because the crowd was so behind me that it benefited me that I pinned him, which mm-hmm. I was shocked. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm me. You guys see me all the time. This is my Quackenbush. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. And, uh, I feel so grateful for all the fans who were there to share that match with me and show up and um, who enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a lot of positive feedback, some negative feedback, of course, yeah. but mostly positive. And uh, it's it's nothing but gratitude uh, to PCW, to Quack, and to the fans for making that happen. Mm-hmm. Barring, of course, what came up about, about him later. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, it's not that I want to uh, gloss over what happened with him afterwards, but this, this is, you know, talking to you and it's more about you right now. And I mean, I I think anyone who knows me knows my thoughts on all of that stuff. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a a topic for another day, but it's, I don't want anyone to think that it's something that uh, I would ever, you know, welcome or I think you know what I mean when I'm saying yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. It's not something we want to, like, it's not unimportant. It's mm-hmm. just that that is a, something else we could talk about for two hours, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And it deserves to be spoken about. It's mm-hmm. very serious. Um, but as I said, I have to look at that whole experience, the training seminars with him. I took two that weekend. I learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to look at that whole situation in a vacuum because of what happened afterwards. And it really shook me. Um, But yeah. 
That's my thoughts on that. <laughs> For sure. You you mentioned uh, sweet and tasty. Yeah. Uh, you and your brother had have had numerous matches with them, and I almost liken it to like a, you know a Midnight Express versus like Rock and Roll Express sort of thing. You know, like that's almost the vibe I get from the two teams. Um, was it you who tweeted that? I do, I hope I did because like that's what I was thinking of earlier. So, uh, <laughs> but somebody tweeted uh, sweet. Tasty versus the, the Gentleman's Club is the Rock and Roll Express versus Midnight Express for Winnipeg. And I, I screenshotted it and sent it to everybody. <laughs> like, like, this is the biggest compliment I've ever gotten my entire career. <laughs> like, it really is. I mean, you, uh, you have such a great rivalry with them. Numerous matches together. And I mean, I almost felt like towards the end, or not towards the end, but before the pandemic hit, like I was, you know, you guys sort of turned face. Um mm-hmm. I was almost waiting for like a double turn, you know, where sweet and tasty go heel and you guys go face. Like that was almost the vibe I was getting from it, you know, but I'm not sure you could turn sweet and tasty heel. <laughs> uh, you know, you just get rid of the, uh, the syrup and the candy and you never know, but what, you what's it like steal you... candy from babies? That might, be <laughs> <laughs> what was it like wrestling with those guys? You know, the, the rivalry you've developed with them. Well, I, I bonded with Bobby Shink like immediately like mm-hmm. we vibed really well together. Um, we went on a few like road trips together out to uh, ringside wrestling and things like that. So that's how I got to know him. And I got to know Travis Cole um, through Primos Canada. So our first match happened there and it was a singles match for the Primos championship. And at first, because I, I had not heard anything positive about him, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know that. Okay, so like Danny has this online like rib with Travis Cole. But if you don't know it's a rib, right? You you think it's very negative. Like, oh my god, he he talks so bad about him. Why, why mm-hmm. would I ever want to wrestle this guy? But no, he, he's a fantastic person. He's a great wrestler, and the the four of us together just something clicked at some point and i really hope that after this is over we can still catch that magic mm-hmm. um i re- i just have so much fun wrestling those guys and they always like they took a lot of care of me um mm. so when i did get the injury and get paralyzed uh temporarily it's okay i'm fine now um travis cole wanted to call the match immediately just stop it right there I was like, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. I hobbled my ass back up and finished the match. Stupidly, I might add. <laughs> um, but it's it's always uh, a fun time. It's always a good time. And I really, really can't wait to get in there at least one more time and get our tag team titles back. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you you guys have to now at this point, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a match that the crowd is always electric for, you know, like they're going nuts for both you, both teams. And I mean, it, as soon as it gets announced, like the crowd gets hyped up for it. So it's, it's great to see. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope, I hope they maintain that excitement. I'm very nervous about when, when wrestling comes back, I'm going to be like, have they forgotten about me? Uh, do they care anymore? Like I'm going to be a wreck that first day. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that personally, I mean, I'm looking forward to being able, being able to do again, but 
you have no idea how much I'm looking forward to watching live wrestling again. I'm yeah, that's what I'm like excited for. So the uh, one thing I want to touch on, and I mean, I talked to your brother about it, but I feel like you are a better person to talk to about it is the, um, the storyline with Alex Vanna. Yeah. Um, I think that it was a a very important and impactful storyline. And I was wondering if you could tell everyone about it. Sure. Um, so I've spoken a lot about this and how it's probably the thing I'm most proud of in my career, Mm -hmm. not wrestling the IWGP champion, the current IWGP. GP heavyweight champion. I wrestled when he was the champion. Uh, I wrestled Steve Carino, Mike Wackenbush, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Honky, Bret Hart. They've all been involved in my matches. And I don't think that's important as what I did with this storyline. Um, but it's really, it's always a little bit hard for me to say that it was never our plan. Uh, the plan was really to make ourselves laugh and get heat. Because wrestling fans don't always necessarily have the best reputation for being welcoming to queer characters mm-hmm. or gay stuff. Like PC, at PCW, there there used to be a section of fans who, who whose favorite chants were about sucking dick and like suck your own dick, suck his dick, this and that and that. And I'm just like, okay, uh, that's cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they said really bad things to David. I think he mentioned uh, they like somebody somebody got in this head that David looked like a pedophile. And that's okay. That seems really uh, going from zero to 10. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we were like, what if we, we weren't together as like a team? What if we were together like a relationship and it Mm -hmm. all built from there? We, we all just started spontaneously doing things to make each other laugh. Like uh, the kissing him on the cheeks and stuff. That wasn't, we, we decided we were going to do that like two seconds before going out the first time we did it. Mm-hmm. Like him, him being on his knees with the title belt around his waist and then me kissing it in a very homoerotic fashion, totally on the fly. We didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Making all those jokes and stuff was, uh, I wouldn't say jokes, but like the humorous double entendres and stuff mm-hmm. like that we would make about us being together. And it was never our intention to like make fun of anybody in the LGBTQ community. And I'm, I don't think anybody takes it that way. And if they, if they do, I apologize, but it's, it's meant in good, good faith. I think it's the, yeah, it's meant in good faith. Yeah. And um, once we realized, once we realized what was happening, we had, we were like, okay, now we have to do something with it. It's Mm -hmm. not like a joke anymore. They actually, are responding to it and they became invested in the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's when the tone changed. It became something we were doing for a laugh. And then it's like, okay, now we're doing it for the purpose. We're doing mm-hmm. it to tell this story and big shout out to Andrew Shellcross who runs PCW, who mm-hmm. just let us do it and let us do whatever the fuck we wanted. Uh, I hope I can swear because I've sworn a lot. <laughs> yeah. Feel um, free to. He when we talked about this with him, he said, you can do whatever you want with this because I have gay friends and I want to be able to tell them that when they come to my show, they're going to see queer characters and they're not going to be a joke. Mm-hmm. And he let us do it. And it all built up to um, the breakup with uh, Alex Vanna hitting us with the title belt. And then he's, 
the I never loved you and the crowd booing him so much that we couldn't hear him and we're standing two feet away from him. It mm -hmm. seems like another lifetime where we'd be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but we're standing two feet away from him. He's got the microphone and the crowd has drowned him out to the point where I can't hear a word that he's saying because they were so invested in the relationship that him breaking up with us alone turned us babyface. Mm -hmm. um, and, th and then me getting to say the line that I faked it every time. <laughs> I didn't think about that either. I, I just thought it would be something funny to say. And like, it's really stupid, mm -hmm. but it got, it really went over really well. And I'm just mm -hmm. so happy that the crowd was so accepting of that story and allowed me to come forward with who I was. And, uh, it made me feel comfortable in doing that. Um, and knowing that I would be accepted by at least the PCW family. I didn't know about obviously the wrestling world outside of that. Yeah. But it was nothing but love for the, with the whole thing. So, yeah. And I feel like the, the, the overall reaction from it was positive and, did you hear from anyone that maybe you helped out with with all of it you know did did you hear about being uh impacting anyone in a positive light because of it uh yeah um i'm not um it was in private so mm -hmm. i'm not sure i don't think i'd be comfortable with like naming people no for sure it's just more of a in general if you were yeah. able to hear a positive uh positive reaction from people about it uh absolutely uh, several people came forward and said they were they were very happy to see like queer characters and more importantly like a queer character played by a queer person mm -hmm. like it's different when a straight person is doing it i still feel that that has value you're still seeing a queer person as long as it's done in in good taste and yeah. good faith i think that that's still a form of queer representation but it means something more when it's a queer person playing that character it comes from a more real place and maybe the crowd picked up on it without me ever saying it and maybe that's why they connected with it so much um but i did get those and i really didn't know how to respond it was very uh it's very emotional to me to have mm -hmm. that happen especially because again it, it wasn't our intention mm -hmm. we didn't ever think it was going to be what it became but i'm so glad it did become what it became. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, it started off some as something, you know, so small that you're not really thinking that it could be such an impactful event on so many lives. And I mean, I give all the credit to everyone involved and for PCW for having something like this as a focal point on their show because it's important to get that get that message out there. Yes, it absolutely uh, was. And uh, I think it was very important to Andrew and and everybody involved that pcw be seen as a company who is you can be a queer person and step in our locker room and you will be safe mm -hmm. and you can be a, uh, a fan and step into our uh venue and be safe mm -hmm. and uh if anybody ever is saying slurs to you or something if security doesn't remove them i will empty the locker room and we will remove them mm -hmm. <laughs> So like, let us know and uh, it will be taken care of if not by myself or, you know, by Adam or Andrew or anyone else who'd be more than willing to remove somebody. <laughs> Definitely. So we've talked about, you know, your current career. What, what does the future hold for Leo London? What would you like to accomplish? I mean, 
what are things that you know you have on your list so to say well one thing i would really love to do uh is wrestle in the united states and that was on the books i was booked to do it in october like last mm -hmm. october uh, for uncanny attractions i was booked to wrestle a no ring death match really uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> when he gave me the offer i was like have you seen my matches <laughs> he's like no 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 that's the point you'll be different than everybody else mm -hmm. like, okay uh that makes sense mm -hmm. so yeah that, that would have been a great experience uh that's still a possibility uh i have an open invitation uh, as far as i know to return mm -hmm. i have i was actually booked to work in the uk as well um again unfortunately like the world kind of fell apart yeah uh so i'd like to get out there as well and wrestle rounds matches so I've only ever got to wrestle one, and that's like a traditional like British rules match. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to wrestle one against Scorpio, and I would really love the opportunity to do more. And I would love to wrestle my long-distance friends out in the UK. Mm -hmm. uh, now, as for more small-scale, um, I would love to win the PCW Cup, the Premier Cup, mm -hmm. uh, because tournaments are always really are always amazing to me and uh i want to go the distance and i got left out of the last one because i was challenging scorpio for the title yeah uh so i had to choose and i'm gonna i'm gonna take the championship of course <laughs> uh maybe it was a bad choice because i didn't win but <laughs> <laughs> um i would love to win one of the two singles titles and uh i really want to wrestle so there's a laundry list of people locally i'd love to wrestle uh, I said I'd love to work Danny again. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd love to work a one-on-one -on -one match with Roy Dragneel now uh, because mm -hmm. we are really close friends. Um, Mentalo, who I've never got to work with outside of like one very short tag match, I think. Maybe like Battle Royal spots. But yeah, mm -hmm. never got to work with him. And I'd really like to. Uh, I'd love to work uh, Team Impact because they're like the old guard top tag team in PCW. Mm -hmm. we're the current i'm very confident in saying that even though sweet and tasty may be holding our belts right now but that's just because the pandemic has stopped us from getting back. <laughs> i would love to wrestle team impact for the number one spot mm -hmm. uh, i'd love to wrestle big sexy beasts i haven't got to wrestle kevy chevy since like my second year in the business or something like that like maybe mm -hmm. even my first long time ago um I'd love to get in there with Kenny again. <laughs> um, and just continue touring. I've already got standing invitations to go back out to Alberta and mm -hmm. uh, Saskatchewan. So I'm definitely going to do that. I think I have a match on deck with Christian Strife and uh, Nasty Nate Nixon, who okay. I, I love. I don't know what it is about his character that I enjoy so much exactly. Maybe it's just his fabulous mustache. <laughs> but I'd love to wrestle him. And uh, as soon as I mentioned it, uh, the booker contacted me and set it up. <laughs> so, hey. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, last time, uh, that happened too. Uh, I got flown out there because they wanted me to wrestle Christian Strife. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'll come wrestle for the championship. Of course. <laughs> no problem. I'll wrestle for the title belt. 
And uh, it was a little bit weird because they're very used to seeing me as a baby face and they used to throw streamers at me every time we were out there. Mm -hmm. um, at first, me and David were booked as heels in RCW and with them throwing streamers for us and like cheering for us so much, they kind of, we just kind of turned baby face naturally. And um, yeah, they they had to turn, so I had to be heel against Strife again and the crowd was just not buying me as a bad guy. They just, I don't know what, I don't know why they've decided they like me, but they do. And I appreciate mm -hmm. them for that. Uh, it was definitely interesting. It was, it was a tough, tough experience. Um, I'm used to, uh, I'm used to being able to get negative reactions really easily, but mm -hmm. they were, they were not having it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, I really hope you get the opportunity and I mean, hopefully things can get better and you can get back out there because I mean, that would be, those are some, fantastic options and opportunities and I'd, I'd love to see that for you as a fan right now i mean i've seen some of the stuff you talk about on twitter and i mean you have a great mind for the business i mean a uh, great mind for wrestling i'll say sure um what are some of the you know some of the matches that you've seen you know not necessarily lately but some of the matches that mean a lot to you um well, I appreciate you for saying that. And mm -hmm. uh, I know there's some people that are going to disagree with you. <laughs> uh, but I would say I have a very particular style that I enjoy watching the most. Mm -hmm. Like, um, if you rush your lockup and then kind of gloss over where most people do the chain wrestling, when for me, it's my whole match if I had my way. <laughs> uh, then when you do a shooting star press later, you've already lost my attention. Like, I, mm -hmm. I already don't care. Um, so I really like, um, going back and watching, uh, Johnny Saint versus Steve Gray, Johnny Saint versus Jim Brakes and Johnny Saint versus Mike Flash Gordon. I probably watch m most of those matches once a month mm -hmm. and for tag team wrestling, the elite Johnny Saint <laughs> <laughs> and Steve Best, uh, or maybe it's a George Best. I don't know. I'm mostly watching for Johnny Saint. <laughs> but uh, the rounds match in a tag team format, it's crazy. I highly <laughs> recommend uh, you go out of your way and find the original Elite. Um, <laughs> not that I don't enjoy the Young Bucks. They're just not my flavor of ice cream, <laughs> uh, per se. Uh, but right now, pretty much anything Roman Reigns is doing, gold. He's a fantastic worker. I mean, anything Zack Sabre Jr. is doing, mm -hmm. uh, literally anything Daniel Bryan does, <laughs> I don't, I don't care what it is. He could be mm -hmm. chopping wood and I'd be all for watching it for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, Timothy Thatcher is doing some really amazing things. Mm -hmm. And, um, I can never remember his WWE name for whatever reason, but Axel Deedle Jr., He's in Imperium. Uh, Alexander Wolf. Nope. No. Nope. Uh, uh, not him. He's in the oh. tag team with the... Is it uh, Marcel Bartel? That's him. Marcel okay. Bartel. Okay. Uh, those two are phenomenal. The uh, Fabian Archer, I think his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Just the little tiny things that they do uh, really impress me. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, the Indies are just so good right now with uh, Lee Moriarty, mm -hmm. uh, who 
uh, to peel the curtain back, I was actually going to work uh, for Uncanny Attractions. That was really? a proposed match. Yeah. I think what Warhorse is doing, um, his character doesn't resonate with me, mm-hmm. but and Dan Housen, I think, uh, yeah. are all very good. Um, they are doing, they're getting over outside wrestling and they're not even on regular television. Mm-hmm. That's the everybody should be watching them for like social media cues and learning from them mm-hmm. and uh, um, like Effie there's so much good stuff going on mm-hmm. um, but those those names are the ones that I really focus on mm-hmm. I mean some of the uh, some of the wrestler real names I mean you I can get most of the, you know, if they wrestled under a different name somewhere else, but some of the regular names don't always kick in. So I was like, oh, Alexander Wolf. And it's like, ooh, no. But <laughs> um, I th- he, he's still good. Uh, I mm-hmm. remember watching him at WXW, but no, I was talking about Bartel. <laughs> yeah. You know, you mentioned the Indies, and actually, like, it, it goes back to what we talked about earlier, where there's so much great stuff out there. It's just a matter of finding what you like and being able to enjoy it. I mean, I've talked with other people, even on here, where, you know, if you're not a fan of the current, you know, Monday Night Raw product or whatever, you don't have to watch it. You can find something that you will enjoy and actually like watching wrestling again. Absolutely. Um, Ricochet and Ali just did that for me. Mm -hmm. They had two matches on main event back to back, week to week. Incredible. And uh, I kind of shut off from watching wrestling for a while. I, I It was kind of making me sad that, like, I can't do it, and I love to yeah. do it. And watching it just reignited that uh, that fire. And I'm sure that everyone can find some a little little piece to take, a little piece of the pie or ice cream, a scoop full of the ice cream, per se. Mm-hmm. They'll find something they like. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of opening that door and finding it. So It's absolutely. So... Leo, I had a great time talking to you today. Um, where can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? I mean, here's a chance to, you know, share your social medias and, you know, hype yourself up as much as you want. Uh, I'm Leo London, uh, 23 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I do have a Facebook page, but it's sort of inactive now that I have nothing to promote. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, once, once shows start up again i'll be very much plugging that all the time and you just search leo london on facebook and that'll come up but i'm mostly active on twitter and i i would love to talk about wrestling or like whatever you want if you wanted me to link you johnny saint matches i will totally do that (laughs) um uh yeah but definitely the twitter and the instagram are the easiest ones to catch me perfect i mean i'm going to uh after we post this i'm definitely going to link to some of your matches just so if people haven't seen you they have easy access to uh, be able to see some of the stuff we talked about today and i mean definitely go to your way i know there's uh, quite a few matches of yours on youtube and hopefully they'll be able to check it out absolutely thank you very much yeah thanks thanks again leo i really appreciate it no problem at all